It's my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. I'm forty, so that's exciting. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we've got uh, about three months where we're sharing the same decade. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In March, I, I, I leave that's the right. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, David and I, I think we were talking about that a while ago. That hopefully things will. Well, I don't know. Uh, March yeah. is that's kind of close. March is close. Now that I think that was two months ago that it was hopeful. But you know what? I'm I'm fat, so they'll probably give me a at least my first shot before then. No, I'm fat enough to get it too. Uh in your profession, aren't aren't you able to I'm, I'm not I'm not in the classroom anymore. And oh. I don't think Missouri has declared I should check. I don't think Missouri's declared uh, teachers to be essential workers. Mm. Sounds like Missouri. Um, that does sound like Missouri. Well, and not everybody's in the, like a lot of, like not everybody's in the classroom. Like not all schools have started or even meeting in person, but yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah. I know that uh, if I don't go to work, like by about my birthday, uh, I will have spent my entire eleventh year at the garden, working from home. Yeah, yeah. That's the way the anniversaries fall. Yeah. Wow. Which is which is kind of weird because when I started working there, um, one of the questions I asked shortly after I started was, "So at my last job, uh, I could work like one day a week from home." Yeah, we don't do that here. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> that's that's fine. I needed the job. That, that yeah. That's fine. That's not changing anything. Yeah. Eat so, first. Mm-hmm. Now that's all I do. Yeah. Just work from home. I mean, to be fair, this year has it's almost made up for the not working. Like it's uh, it'll be like one day every week and a half by the time. Okay. Oh, well, like, average. like the average. It's about one day every week and a half the average rolls around. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do we want to just jump right in? Uh, so this no is time like the present, Tony. Seven. Are we doing uh, IO next week? That was one on our list. Yes. All right. Let's do IO next week then. Good, because I'm about 20 minutes away from Anthony Mackie showing back up in uh, Endgame. Oh, and I uh, broke down because Mandalorian season two ended last week. I broke mm-hmm. down and subscribed to Disney Plus for the month, yeah. so I could binge all of that. How do you feel? Oh. How do I? Oh, I feel dirty and gross. Okay. But I have finished full season one of the Mandalorian already. All right. So that's that's easy to do in a day. Nope. Yeah, last year, uh, probably it was like January, February, February of last year. Holding at a friend, spend the night. And they decided they were just going to watch The Mandalorian as part of the, their overnight. And it's like, that that's easy. It's not a whole lot longer than watching like a movie and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's it's eight episodes, and the episodes are... Half-ish hours. Yeah. they're oh. Well, each episode is exactly as long as they want it to be to tell the story they want to tell. Some of them are an hour long. Some of them are like 30 minutes long. Okay. They don't. They're they're not keeping to a set time limit. 
a set running time at all. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Like in an age where most people don't watch them one at a time anyway, and you don't need yeah. to fit into a slot, then there's really no point. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And regular sort of. Yeah. So what did you think of season one? Oh, Tony. Okay. So it's good, but it's not great. And I feel like people only think it's great because it's compared to Star Wars. And like, if you look at the majority of like the classic Star Wars opinions, they're against like, just like we were talking about earlier today, where like when you rewatch the original trilogy critically, like the movies are okay, but Mm -hmm. like they're the best we had at the time (laughs) and we grew up with them and we love them. But when you watch the movies, you're like, "Mm, this is kind of a mess. (laughs) And the Mandalorian brings like a style and quality cinematography and good TV making, which I think are like sorely lacking from the rest of the the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I think we're grading on a curve because there is still a lot of like bad narrative stuff going on in the Mandalorian, also, but. There's so much Western stuff happening in the Mandalorian. You're like, oh, this is like Western tropey and not just general Star Wars badness tropey. Yeah, it's they they definitely go after the lone wolf and cub Western man with no name. Like that whole there's a vibe to it. There's a vibe and it pulls a lot of cheap tricks, pulls a lot of cheap tricks. The cuteness of Baby Yoda is doing a lot of work for that show. It's doing a lot of work for that show. It is. People pet it. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes where people pet the Baby Yoda. Uh, I would recommend you read the articles about uh, Werner Herzog and Baby Yoda. Uh, first off, everything with Werner Herzog is... I, I, don't, under- now. I don't know... When you're writing something, if you just write it for Werner Herzog or like you're John Favreau, you just got greenlit on The Mandalorian. You're like, you know, let's get some like weird off the wall people in here. Who's really weird and kind of creepy and like like who's that guy who is an imperial officer? He's not creepy. Oh, Werner he's very creepy. creepy. Oh, he's very creepy. Yeah. In this, oh, yeah, he's. Oh, he, oh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, know he's... that. Oh, yeah. he's in it. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll bother to watch it. Yeah, I mean, he's not a major character, so no, he's it's, it's he's, he does a... like ten minutes, so like yeah, and that's but, it. We we don't really see him again. But yeah, like you, John Favreau, you're like, who's a weird old guy who would survive the fall of the empire and still be like still imperial? Oh fuck, Werner Herzog. Yeah, all right, let's get that guy in here. Yeah, he he brings that Peter Cushing vibe. That he uh, does bring that Peter Cushing vibe. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, thematic history homage going on. I mean, other than the you know like explicit fan service stuff, there's a lot of good good theme tie-in type stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the the fandom making the show shows through. Like there's a there's a lot of nostalgia. And they're like, there's so much, there's so many things that never showed up in the movies, but we're like, this, here's this random toy that was available that was never in any Star Wars media before. It shows up in this. Yep. 
like as a as a ship. Mm-hmm. That uh, that troop transport that rolls up. It's like I had that as a toy that was never in any movie, but there it is. It just rolls into town. Yeah, and there's like I already know just from watching. It's also interesting not having watched it when it was relevant and seeing all the spoilers for a show I didn't really plan on watching anyway, and now watching the spoilers like happen half remembered from last year. Mm-hmm. But listen, the only reason that I'm actually doing this now is because of the whole Ahsoka thing, and I, I just badly want to see <laughs> what happens there, because that storyline is really goddamn good. That whole Ahsoka Anakin storyline is like a, a slow motion tragedy, and I love every minute of it. Oh, you'll see it in season two. I know, I know. Soon. Yeah the the whole Werner Herzog thing is he's like uh, apparently everyone no one really knew how to deal with him <laughs> on stage because he he talked to Baby Yoda as if it was an actor like he would give it he would give it direction like like here's what you should do in this next part part not talking to the puppeteer but talking directly to the to the child as if it were as if it were an actor that he was acting opposite and everybody was just like yeah but but like that was like that was the the place that Werner Herzog went to as the character where he's just like that's my acting partner that's that's the person that I'm in the scene with and he just treated it like a person in the scene. And it it works. It just, it just works. He is a weird dude. Yeah. That dude got shot during an interview. He got shot during an interview and finished the interview. I did not know about that. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was him. Werner Herzog. Anyway. Shot during interview. Did I just make this up? Oh, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog shot during BBC interview. Wow. Was it like an interview on the street or something? They are outside somewhere. Director Werner Hartzog casually gets shot during interview. Casually gets shot? Casually. Casually. Spice on says it is not significant. (laughs) All right. Well. He is not fucking around. (laughs) That's a, you know, that's a way to get a ton of badass cred right there. Yeah. All right. I gotta. There's like six or seven articles below that about five crazy things about Werner Herzog that I can't. <laughs> I cannot get sucked into. No, not I'll, not, I'll wait. not right now. Yeah, I'll wait till later for that. All right. Let's just uh, start this for realsies. Hey, yeah. this is Tony. This is David. This is Anna. And we are the backseat producers. We don't have a table to go in and order around. <laughs> I guess oh, we've yeah, got the screen. Well, yeah, I don't know. We did it right. We did okay, at least according yeah. to my screen. Yeah, normally uh, David's last when we're at yeah. the table. Okay. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, but on my yeah, screen, it's like Tony, me, and then Anna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I don't like this. Uh, you know, I can do something about that. You can, but it's, oh, there we there go. There we go. Should we introduce that, ourselves again? Does that feel, does that feel better? It feels you can have a sense of completion. Oh, I don't need that part. Okay, all right. <laughs> just you know, it did feel like my wah was off. All right. So uh, this week we are talking about the parasite. 
Or is, is it just it parasite? parasite? I think it's just parasite. It's just parasite. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is just parasite. I got. I was thinking about uh, Mandalorian episodes, and they're all the something. Except for redemption. Mm. Uh, all right. So let's get this. Uh, let's get this rocket. What? What did you? What did you think of Parasite? Anna, what did you think of Parasite? Uh, I loved it. Um, I uh, decided over the past like few days to watch as many of, and I need, I don't, I know I'm going to pronounce his. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Is that how we're supposed to say it? Okay. That's how it's listed in the IMDb crowd. Oh, okay. Bong Joon-ho. Um, I watched as many of his movies as I could. Uh, so, I mean, it wound up being four. Um, and, you know, could see some of the, you know, just some of his style. And I feel like Parasite's the most perfect one in terms of the story, but characterization and doing, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the other three that you watched were Snowpiercer, uh, The Host, and Okja? Yeah. Okay. I didn't get to do the murder sort of mystery one, which I wanted, but didn't get to. So. Memories of murder? Yeah. Uh, I've seen Snowpiercer. How are the other two? How were? Uh, did, didn't you say ho- the host was one? Mm-hmm. How was that? I enjoyed it, um, but it's my kind of movie with lots of atmosphere, lots of uh, characterization, especially with the relationships. The monster was unexpected. Uh, Unexpectedly I, explicit. Yeah, and small. And uh, I enjoyed the monster, and I don't normally enjoy monsters. Um, yeah, he. Uh, an interesting thing that he did that, like a lot of other, I don't want to say serious directors, but like more artsy directors, like the dude just shows the monster right away, and then just never shies away from showing the monster. Hmm. Like, because like usually you see people trying to avoid it for like either budgetary concerns or. Like the implied horror is almost always better than the explicit horror, but he just doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He just he just does it. Like the fuck it. This is a monster movie. Here's the monster. <laughs> like, well, and that's the funny thing. A lot of people tag his movies as horror, but there's not a lot of horror. I don't feel like. Um, there are some moments, but I don't feel like it's doing the work that horror movies are supposed to do. Interesting. Anyway, so I I, I thought the I thought the host was good. But like a lot of his other movies, he does take a long time to get to the goddamn point. Like the host is two hours, but there's probably only forty-five minutes of real content in the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. I realize I have a you know an efficient consumption model for my stories. <laughs> where <laughs> I, I like the long. I f- I feel like he does a lot with his time um, in terms of just t- telling the story. Absolutely, but um. He just does such a good job with every shot and with the characterization, with with like setting and places and moments, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and he does love Song Kang Ho. Song Is that Kang Ho. He, was the, he he was the dad in Parasite. Yeah. He was yeah. the main character in yeah. uh, in the host. Yeah, no, that I'm was pretty great. sure he was in Snowpiercer too. He looked familiar. I think he was. I believe so. I, I knew it. Yep, he is. Yep. I knew I had seen him from somewhere else, but I, I couldn't place it knowing 
knowing Snowpiercer is a, mm-hmm. a connection point 100% makes sense. That would have been where I saw him. I'm looking through his filmography now, and I don't recognize any of the other movies yep. that he's been in. But it looks like he's been in uh, uh, Memories of Murder, The Host. Yeah, this guy in uh, Bong. Snowpiercer, yeah. So I, uh, I enjoyed uh, he was her. also in the interview. Uh, that doesn't surprise me with, no. uh, James yeah. Franco and yep. Seth Rogen. Correct. Yep. Uh, so I enjoyed this movie. Uh, although watching the host and then watching this movie, uh, this dude definitely has a boner for Olympic athlete women, uh, non gold medalist, Olympic athlete women, like the host, uh, the chick who plays Sun in Sense Eight is a bronze medalist archer. Ah, <laughs> mom, and this is like a silver medal shot put, or uh, it wasn't shot put. What was the was so in Parasite? Was it the mom? I thought it was the dad. I thought it was dad. I was pretty sure it was the mom medal. because that was kind of the thing. He never really did anything after his medal, and sure it was the okay. Maybe the mom had something. I, I thought that whatever the dad had was um was the mother who won a medal in hammer throwing in the 1988 Seoul okay. Olympics. Oh, all right. Interesting. I I thought it was the dad too. Yeah, maybe the dad because I thought there was a bronze medal in Parasite too. Maybe the dad had the bronze and the mom had. I'm gonna have to watch it again now. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a weird detail that he yeah. put in there. Yeah. It, it, she throws a hammer at some point, but it, like, the only reason, I think it's in one of the scenes where they're just fucking around in the house where she throws that, like, out in the yard. Where mm-hmm. they just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where they've got the space and she just throws the hammer to throw yeah. the hammer. Like, <laughs> she's doing it for any real reason. Uh huh. It, like, never comes up. I guess the only, uh, anyway, anyway, so I enjoyed the movie. And there's, like, a lot of shit to unpack here. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I came, I've seen four of this dude's movies now, three of this dude's movies now. Uh, and one of the things that I keep coming back to in the movies is like, they're good. And I feel like it's trying to tell me something, but I don't understand what he's saying in any of the movies. Like, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't understand what he's trying to tell me. Huh. I mean, I feel like there's a pretty, especially between I mean, with Snowpiercer, uh, um, I'm so bad with that one with the pig. Okja. Oh, thank you. Okja. Um, so with Snowpiercer and definitely with the host and Parasite, I feel like there's this, I mean, it's, it's a really like class story and that at a certain point, yeah, family's wonderful and it's all you got. And it will not save you necessarily. And it may be your biggest liability. And it's all you've got and the only thing that makes you human. So you need to cling to your family, but not because it'll save you. But yeah. (laughs) And it might kill you accidentally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so um, to me, that was like, and just a real... um, like, I just felt like it was super existential and a real hopelessness. Like, the dad's speech about making plans in Parasite. And then 
Especially, I mean, you saw it a bit, you saw it in The Host too, but like in Parasite, you, there were just all of these moments of where the thing should happen and he doesn't give it to you. He just takes it. <laughs> and when, uh, at the end, when she goes and shoots the arrow, I didn't expect it to make it because he just took everything from us every time through the whole movie. And, uh, oh no, sorry, I'm thinking about The Host now, never mind. Um, <laughs> no, but like, he just, but in both of them, he takes everything from you every single time. And um, just to the sense that, yeah, there's no bootstraps. There's no climbing your way out. Um, that doesn't mean you don't try or that you don't do things that like invigorate you and that you don't love your family, but you can't expect any of that shit to save you. And I, yeah, I, I was all, I felt like it was, extremely appropriate for right now in so many ways and uh, yeah, yeah tony that was actually the worst part of watching the host like so just broad strokes on the movie they're they dump a bunch of chemicals into the han river then it produces this like mutant monster thing uh everyone thinks that there's a virus and it's like watching america in slow motion like oh, they're all quarantined. The guy's like, "I feel fine. Let's just get out of here." So they're like walking <laughs> around the city, and they're like, "Hey, they all think we're sick, but we're fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it." <laughs> uh, uh, hello, Jordan. Have a merry Christmas to you too. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So I really enjoyed uh, this movie. I haven't seen the host yet, so I can't speak to that one but no that's fine that's fine um no i really did enjoy this one um i'm i'm glad i looked at least the uh the description of the movie because straight up i thought this was a horror movie before i watched it just based on the title and the little bit i heard about it i thought i thought i was going into a horror movie yeah so then i saw that it's dubbed as a comedy thriller and it was whoa <laughs> what comedy what thriller yeah that's all right. Well, I, and knowing that, like, as soon as the comedy beats start hitting, like, I, I, I knew that there was there was something comedic com coming. I didn't know what. Um, so it felt very comfortable to laugh at the things that were weird and uncomfortable instead of being like, "Ooh, this is creepy." No, no, it's just funny. It's 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 not meant to be creepy. It's just meant to be funny and. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that knowing that I was going into a comedy. <laughs> if I would have known I was going into, if I wouldn't have known I was going into a comedy, I'm not sure how I would have reacted to some of the strangest strangeness that happens early on. He does uh, put weird scenes in his movies. Yeah. There's a funeral scene in the host that is just bonkers. The scene is bonkers, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to check that one out. There's a jump kick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Julie and I watched it together last night, and uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I did not know where it was gonna go because, like, you establish the pattern pretty early. Like, once the grift starts, and then the second grift starts, you're like, okay, mm -hmm. like, yeah. here's the pattern. I, and I liked I liked how early on you're like, oh, they're just helping each other out. No, there's there's something more to this. And then the scene where they're all just eating breakfast, I think, and they're like, 
and they're just straight up talking about how it's one big grift and um, they're running lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just... Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I, well, I mean, I like that it didn't go where I thought. I thought they were going to pretty much like single white female it and we're going to somehow poison that family and take over the house. I, mm-hmm. I was sure of it, especially after they got the documents. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was just waiting for it to happen. Kind of wanted to happen a little bit, uh-huh. but was glad it didn't fulfill those expectations. Yeah, when they asked for the the uh, the deed to the house, that was like, wait, yeah. what's happening now? That's that's weird. Yeah, so it's, it's a weird request, and she's just like, all right, yep, okay. <laughs> I'm just right. a simple housewife, if that's what you say you need. Yeah, so the transformation of that family is really goddamn good. Like, uh, like because very off- they feel really authentic in the beginning of the movie before the, the son gets the job, mm-hmm. right? When they're just sitting around, like, being poor and folding pizza boxes. Like, mm-hmm. it does feel real authentic in that house. Like, yeah. Like, it feels like a, a nice, tight-knit family. And then, like, as they start working together, it's like, wow, this is actually this is actually pretty tight. Uh, but also, that leads to a whole bunch of, like, weirdness, too. Because the implication is that they've done this before, right? Because there isn't a ton of, like, decision happening. The guy, the kid's like, okay, well, now that I'm in, I'll get you in, too. And, like, no one, there's no, like, they don't have that scene where the daughter is like, what do you mean you'll get me in? She's like, okay, what's my story? Like, <laughs> like, so it like, it feels like they're just a family of grifters between grifts. I disagree because um, for a couple reasons, I think part of that might be a cultural thing mm-hmm. that, you know, we're so individualistic in the U S and I mean, I'm not terribly familiar with Korea, but I just know like, People I've known really well from, especially places like Turkey and sort of like Eastern Europe, but like way sort of Southeastern Europe. The idea is that like, if you're a poor family or a group of friends and you find something, you get an edge to get your people in. Mm. It's just natural. That's just what you do. So um, what you're doing is that all Koreans are grifters. No, that's that's not about like finding. And granted, this is a little much with what they're doing here. But like (laughs) you, and and it's not like with lying. You just yeah. And um, so I don't think that it necessarily means. And there's this sense of remember with the college piece they were talking about vigor and nobody having vigor and their son not having vigor. And I get the sense this is the first time that, especially the son and father, really exert themselves <laughs> um <laughs> i don't think they've exerted themselves enough to have any grifts <laughs> um you know in a while I, um i i think that's definitely true of the father but i get the sense that the son was trying to get away from the house that's right because they talked about how um when he was talking to his friend at the beginning his friend was like oh that time you spent in the military and then you've tried to get the university exam like four times and you can't get in like it seems like the the son was was trying for something more right unsuccessfully yeah yeah Yeah, but is military service compulsory i don't know but it sounded like 
was he doing compulsory military service or that plus? I mean, he's not that old. That's true. That's true. I don't know how much collective. That's true because it sounded like that's true because it sounded like his friend who's around his age was halfway through college, and so he probably did his normal two years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, And but like he did keep trying to get into college and was never making it, and seemed like and his friend believed in him. and he also, like, I, you do get a sense that he had a bit more pep with the whole pizza folding thing, where the brother and sister were in the beginning, like, okay, let's make a deal around this whole 10%. We'll go ahead and take that, you know, d- the way you're docking us, but also let's get my brother in to be the new, your new driver or whatever, since your other drivers, you know. <laughs> so you could tell that the two of the brother and sister were trying to, like, mobilize a little something. Okay, so South Korea does have mandatory military service um, of, and I think he said he was in the army. I couldn't be mistaken. I don't remember if he said army or just military. Um, But if it's army or Marines, it's 18 months. Navy is 20 months. Air Force or civil service is 21. Uh, Special civil service is 36 months. There is a three-year alternative for conscientious uh, objectors from 2020. Uh, and that's the civil service, the special civil service in prison. In yeah, prison? I, that's it's it says civil service in prison. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and then it says in general, with, with very few exceptions, most South Korean males serve in the military. Yeah, if your other option is uh civil service in prison. Right? I mean also <laughs> You know, you have the whole North Korea situation. Yeah, so it, doesn't, and that. it doesn't really feel like <laughs> probably a strong motivator to at least have a, like a competent yeah. fighting force in the majority of your country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do think he said that he was in the army too. Okay. So. I think so. So it would have been an 18 month service. So mm-hmm. a year and a half. Um, that I can't get around talking about the fact that. Yeah, that dude was a shitball. Like he which, was which dude? The son. Ooh. He was he was pretty terrible. With the daughter, you mean? With, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, just just the daughter. <laughs> just that part alone was really yeah. bad. That was yeah. really everyone in this movie had uh, not everyone. I won't say everyone. Uh, almost everyone in this movie had serious problems. Uh I can give a pass to the to the son, to the the younger boy. Oh, yeah, well he's not. Which, he's just a kid. Yeah. Um and the original driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly the original driver. So I didn't know how to read that culturally because at first I thought, oh, he just wants to like get her home so that she's like and I figured he was flirting a bit, but I figured he just wanted to get her home to safe. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, but then there was like later when there's the conversation after he's been dismissed and the mom is like, the rich mom is like, oh, you didn't let him drive her, him home. or you mm-hmm. home? Did you and let him see where you live? And she said, no. And she was like, good girl. And like, whereas like here in the U S like with the rich family, if there were that situation, 
you'd want to make sure the girl got to her house and not to yeah take public someplace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, he also he also kind of shut down pretty quickly when she said she's me- I, I'm meeting my boyfriend at the third stop on that line. Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, well fine, I'll just drive you there then. Yeah. <laughs> like he stopped pushing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think he was definitely flirting. Yeah. But I didn't. At the, yeah. At the most innocent, it was flirting. I, yeah, I thought it was fine, but then when the mom said that, I wondered, oh, is this like, yeah, yeah, is yeah. it wrong to ask to take a girl to her house here in is it, Well, by that point, also the mom had certain feelings about him based on the situation. Like, um, they believed he was this this pervert who would who would have sex in the back of the boss's car. That's yeah. So knowing that about him, she she automatically kind of pr- was projecting that into the situation of you didn't let that prevert know where you live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Prevert. <laughs> yeah, Carrie says that uh, it makes sense that they'd have a compulsory service since they're such a collectivist society. And until recently, lots of countries used to. Like, I mean, not the U.S., but like most European countries did. I don't know if Canada ever did. Uh, I'm looking. There is a there is a list on Wikipedia. Oh, it's it's pretty extensive. Of, yeah, uh, it's pretty normal. Countries, yeah, countries with with and without. Um, I actually don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to, like, tell individuals what they have to do with a few years of their life. But, like, if you have good civil options, I think it's I think it would be really good for us, honestly, um, to be like, OK, there's automatically something you can do for the first two to three years after you get out. Whether that looks like military service or some kind of like in Germany, you have to do some kind of service. And because they're so anti-war most people don't choose like military service is the automatic thing that you get shunted into if you don't choose civil service. But except for really conservative families, most people choose the civil service. And I mean, you wind up like you, you get like sent to a place and a lot of times it's jobs like working in nursing homes a lot and just sort of basic work in different places. And a lot of times you get, you, you live with a cohort and you get moved somewhere you've never lived before and I don't know, I think it's kind of good for young people to, you know, you get thrown in with people from different backgrounds and yep. you get to be somewhere you've never been before. And when I think about my students, I think that would be fabulous, honestly, for lots of them, you know, to just know that they're going to make it because they get paid. So it's like, you're going to make a certain amount of money. You're going to make like 25,000, you know, 24, 25,000. And you'll be somewhere new and you'll meet all kinds of people from all walks of life. I mean, yeah. And if you only do it for a year, it's like, it's okay. It's just a year. Like, yeah. Usually it's a couple years. Like I, I know in Germany, it's like, I think it's two, two and a half, but it depends on where you are. But I don't know. I think it's kind of good. Yeah. I was just uh, bouncing around to a couple of the countries that were mentioned uh, on this list. Uh, Canada has never had conscription in peacetime okay Okay. in peacetime uh and uh conscription became very controversial during both world war one and two especially in quebec okay oh i'll bet i'll bet yeah that that 100 makes sense 
Uh, and for Germany, it says that on uh, November 15th, 2010, the German government voted in favor of suspending universal conscription with the aim of establishing a professional army by July 1st, 2011. The last conscripts were drafted on 1-1-2011. Uh, I wonder how civil service works then. I wonder if... Yeah, this, uh, this, uh, this Wikipedia article is specifically okay. well, military. Sure. Yeah, I wonder if that means it just fell away. But there are still uh, quite a few countries that have the mandatory military service. Uh, Mexico is one of them. I, I was not aware of that, that they have mandatory military service in Mexico. I knew Mexico had an army, but I have honestly never considered the Mexican army, like, outside of, like, 1800s Texas, like... You haven't given it much thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a thing for, like, some families here. Um, like, yeah. If you go and, if you, like, go visit family or go stay too long and you're of a certain age, then it becomes <laughs> an issue of having to fulfill your military service. Whoops. Uh, I'm in the army now. Sorry. Well, shit. That's not... my vacation lasted too long. Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's like a lot to talk about this movie. Where do we want to go first? Like, I want to talk about uh, setting the atmosphere uh, and, and just a little bit of. So there were some cultural differences. Uh, in terms of what it meant to be uh, living poor and what it meant to be uh, doing very well for yourself. Um, that The house that the rich people lived in was nice, but, and I know this is just cultural, I've got a bigger backyard than they've got. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that I would, I would be, I would, I would not be considered anywhere near as wealthy as that family was, not even close. But you don't have that's, a bigger bike cool. downtown in a city. Yeah, because they're in Seoul, so that's yeah. the equivalent of being in New York. Yeah, that big of a backyard. That's true. Yeah. Um. Or like pretty close to the epicenter of Chicago, with that kind of walled-off compound. Were they that? I I didn't get the sense that that's where they were. It, it felt like they were just out of the city. But even I mean, if you were even. I mean, Seoul's the biggest, if we sort of thought of it as the equivalent to New York here. Yeah, I'm totally thinking of this guy as Tony Soprano. Yeah. I've been way too much Sopranos lately. Like anything within 90 minutes of the center of New York that had that kind of backyard would be yeah, like scary rich. Um, mm. I mean, I that's just my, I mean, I don't know how to make that translation between something like, but... Um, the only other residence that you really got any comparison to is their below ground yeah, flooded there. apartment. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> People live yeah. underground. <laughs> People live underground. I tell you what, there was a twist in that movie I did not see coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yep. Yep. They got me. <laughs> yeah. We got to that. We got to the point where the, the story just starts twisting. And like Julie and I just kept turning to each other. It was like, what? What is happening? Where is this going? I don't even understand what I'm watching. Yep. Like, I can't look away. It's really good. But what is happening? <laughs> yeah, they uh, they established the formula. And then things are pretty, like, not formula, but calculated. Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then they, then they get to the point where I'm like, okay, so like now that we've got our like you know homeostasis here, how do we upset the apple cart? And then we got rid of the cart completely. Yeah. And just replaced it with an upside down wheelbarrow we've been dragging through the mud. <laughs> the thing is, is it was coming. Like there are there are points where you can see that this the bad thing's about to happen. I don't know what it is yet, but when they're all hanging out at the house and it starts raining, they're like, Oh, it's raining. And Julia said, Wait a minute, they're camping. It's raining. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, you're right. They are they aren't gonna keep camping. Yep. That was the first thing I thought too. I was like, Oh, they're coming home. That's a lot of rain. Yep. That's a lot of rain. And everyone was like, the first half of them hanging out that night, they were all happy. And then they got drunk. And then they all got like super surly. Yeah. And then they came. Oh, yeah. Then the housekeeper comes back. Mm. Yeah. I just, I, I like the way they, they, they set the tone of the movie. Um, I honestly thought for a few minutes that we'd have a little more English. Like there was a point early in the movie where he's being hired as a, as an English tutor. So I was kind of expecting there to be more just English, English language spoken in the movie. Yeah. And there was, and I'm fine that there wasn't, I'm, I'm, I'm fine that there wasn't, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I noticed in listening to the movie that there was a number of the words off the top of my head. I'm not thinking of, but it's like, that was just the English word for whatever you just said. Like I'm reading the words and they spoke the English word. It was surprising to me how many of those words were just straight up English words mm-hmm. and they didn't seem like they were that specialized. So that, that surprised me a bit. Um, yeah. With the English piece and maybe connected to the grifting point, I wondered if there was a, uh, a sense that he didn't maybe know English, <laughs> know any English. Um, because, you know, he had taken these exams, but I thought that was like weird, faulty, lo- like, uh, weird, faulty logic of yeah. oh, you've taken it, an exam four or five times and never gotten into college. <laughs> and so you must know as much or more as the kids in college. Well, I, I, I was under the impression that like his his English wasn't the problem. Like maybe there was some some other things that were the problem because he's like, oh, yeah, you've got this other stuff down. It's you just can't pass that test. But how would his friend really know which section of the college exam he was good at? Not necessarily. Like we don't know, you know. And it's sort of like, and also like doing exactly. English on doing a language on an exam is super different from. Okay. Is that one of the? Is that one of the grifts? Yeah, that's what I mean. Because he only ever speaks to her really in in Korean. And then the way he has her doing the lesson is super weird. Yeah, it's all, it's never, they never speak anything aloud. (laughs) No, it's all him like sitting there and telling her she needs to like, I don't care what you do or if it's good or bad. You just need to force your way through. (laughs) And and so I I don't think he knows. He probably knows as much or less about English than his sister knows about art therapy. Um, well, well, the which I love that was that, awesome. that, that was hilarious. That was that was really good. I need to be alone um, with the child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the things that like the first thing when the mom was interviewing him though, like she ended that interview with English, 
she said something to him straight up in English. It was something easy that he didn't have to respond to, like, let's go now, or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to... I don't. Did he say anything in response? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think he said anything. Or if he did, he did it in Korean, and it was a... Uh, like a non-continuation mm-hmm. phrase. Yeah, I mean, it was, I felt what I can't remember. What, I know what, you're, what you mean, but it felt like she was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't require. Mm-hmm. Much. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm a phrase. Literally anything anybody says. It felt it for it felt more like a challenge to me, though. So maybe I need to actually find what that line is because maybe uh, I'm just misremembering that. And maybe she was trying to let him know that she could speak English, which maybe she can't very much Mm -hmm. to let him know that she would be aware of if he were good or bad at it. Mm -hmm. And that was her performing that. But obviously like, which I don't know, like the logic of having, yeah, I just don't understand the logic of having a college boy with your like high school girl closed up in her bedroom feels. Mm -mm, No. Nope, I think I'm going to be my mom on that, but no. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there were some problems there. Yeah, we have to sit right on top of each other for these lessons. Yeah, this is not how I learned Spanish. <laughs> well, maybe you should have. Yeah. You know, I would have preferred to learn Spanish that way, <laughs> but. Senora Wood did not sit right back to me. <laughs> and yeah, can we spare a moment's pity for the woman named Senora Wood at an all-male high school? Oh, that's that's rough. <laughs> uh, I am not seeing uh, in the within the quotes of the movie uh, that point in it. I don't. I don't think it was really worthy of of being quoted. I think the larger point is, though, that they establish pretty early that the rich mom isn't going to be the one that's going to mad dog them on the authenticity. Like, she's the easy mark. Mm-hmm. And it she's seemed, simple. They said she was simple. Sorry. She's very simple. Yep. <laughs> said it, they said it a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's the way in. Turns out. Turns out she was. Yeah. I uh, did feel like... There was a point, and I know this is just, I know that this is a cultural difference, and I know it's just because I'm a fat American, but like, there was a point about an hour into the movie where all of them had gotten in their respective grifting roles, and they were all like putting in a ton of work to do these things. And I was like, why don't you just get jobs? Like, (laughs) Like, it feels like getting a job seems like less work than this fucking grift. Well, I feel like they made it clear that from the beginning with the box, you can't make any money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that there weren't the jobs, that these things like these things didn't exist. I I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And especially for somebody of their class, because the whole thing is they have to perform being upper middle class. Like they can't be as rich as this family is, but they're Mm -hmm. not allowed to be poor. Yeah. And so they have to like. It's just a lot of work. <laughs> just a lot of work. Yeah, but it's for more money than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that that part bothered me a little bit, also, 
but I, I got past it pretty quickly. Also, I don't know what the employment unemployment situation is there. <clears throat> I, I just don't, mm -hmm. I don't have any touchstone for that. So it was one of those things that I just had kind of felt like I'm just going to rely on the movie to tell me if there's a problem with this or not. But I mean, even if it's like, I think about the equivalent even here of say you're in a family where, uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds like no one's gone to college. It sounds like the person who professionally may have done the most, like who like most recently is the son who got out of the military and seems like he did fairly well, we think maybe, and made some contacts. Um, so maybe the easiest, like, real job that any of them can get would be something, uh, you know, something minimum wage. And maybe you have to like take an hour or whatever of public transportation, depending on where you can get it. And then it's a lot of work and, and, and a pain in the ass and really unpleasant. Or, or you just have to put together a lot of pizza boxes. Or that, and then they like get pissed at you, you know, for each, cause I mean, that's like 19th century piecework shit that they were doing, you know, and it's, and so then, um, as opposed to like making, I bet that like, especially pretending to be an art therapist, I bet she was pulling 50 bucks an hour or more in Seoul, probably 70, just doing this, what, four times a week, two hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, there's no way she can make that much with a, an honest <laughs> No, no, no. Um, but they did, uh, like the, the brother did try to get the part-time job from the from the pizza place and it never it didn't seem to pan out for whatever reason no yeah well i mean yeah. they pretty much followed that with the conversation with his buddy who's like hey man you want, you want this guy mm -hmm. that i've got going mm -hmm. well the problem was they didn't have the uh prosperity rock yet oh, that's, that's, that's true yeah yeah once they got that prosperity rock yeah as soon as i saw that thing uh it was chekhov's rock yeah, I, I like I looked at that thing and it's like, oh, someone's getting brained with this. Yeah, that that looks like some somebody's going to get their head bashed in with that thing. Mm -hmm. Turns out, Tony. Spoiler. <laughs> I do like uh, the rock as a solid symbol throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Megan says uh, you're making me want to watch this movie, which I have no idea what it's about. You know what? I didn't have any idea what it was about before I started watching it either. I thought it was a horror movie. I was not disavowed of that opinion uh, until the end of the movie. Yeah. Because the comedy in it, like, I don't think it was a comedy. I think that dude just has, he just puts together some weird scenes that are funny. And I don't, I don't know how much of that is intended to be funny. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not have classified this as a comedy. Uh, there was some funny stuff in there. There was some funny stuff in there, and, and a lot of it was just situational comedy. Mm -hmm. Like there's 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 a lot of irony and and satire in play because of that. Um, because like some of the reactions, and I think it's mostly in the the conversations between the rich husband and wife. Their conversations almost go to a place of like like satire like it it just it it pushes this oh look at how poor those poor people are mm -hmm. what does he smell like what does he smell like 
What was it? Was it a radish? Like he? Yes, yeah, said something about rags or what? I don't know. I can't. Yeah, wet rags. Mm-hmm. Trying to think what else was. Oh, what did you make of uh, the father always asking when, uh, or I guess he only asked a couple times, but it was brought up a bunch of times when the father asked the rich guy, do you love your wife? I have no idea what was going on with that, but he said it an uncomfortable amount of time. Well, the first time he said it was a challenge. I mean, the, what that guy was saying about his wife, it was like, do, do you love her? Like, because he knew how close his family was. So I think he was just making a general comparison of the family because there's also like this idea, at least in like the, the, the popular media of the con man grifter mentality is that you, you can't con someone who's a good person. Um, someone who's legitimately a good person can't be conned because they're not going to look for the shortcut, which tends to be the way a lot of the con games work you you mm-hmm. trying to convince somebody that there's an easier way there's a shortcut mm-hmm. and you are the one that can provide it and sell it to them whatever mm-hmm. selling means um and i get a lot of that notion about that from uh the tv show leverage and so i said it's in popular media because that was that was the conceit they ran off of if if someone's a bad person we can con them and so basically this group of grifters and con artists were hired out to this this person did a bad thing to me we're going to get leverage on them Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Tony mm. I'm not saying that there's any legitimacy to it Okay, there's a a romantic notion about it though like that that's that's how the grifter tells themselves that they're doing a a, sure. Okay. A All service right. to to the universe. I'm if I can't if I can't grift uh, a good person, this person deserves it. This person clearly deserves it anyway. Mm-hmm. And and that could have been why he was asking. Like, so you say all this stuff about your wife, but but do you love her? Like, or is this just? Are you just going through the motions here? Like, what what's happening? Because if if you don't, and you're still saying all these terrible things about her. You're just a bad person and you're going to be somebody I don't have to feel bad about taking advantage of. He also has a weird relationship with his wife. Like I get the I get the sense that they're close, like really close, but also she does think that he's an ineffective idiot. <laughs> Which is not wrong. <laughs> I agree on every point you're saying. <laughs> Though so, it really did amuse me when the two of them were in the rich people's house the first time mm-hmm. and he walks past her and grabs her ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like I'm watching that and going, that that is one hundred percent real. <laughs> that does feel right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little bit of chatter on the Facebook mm-hmm. right now. Uh a lot of it's surrounding happy birthdays to Anna uh, and uh, wanting to catch up with uh, with this movie. I think it's worth, I think it's definitely worth your time yeah. Yeah. to, yeah, to check good. it out. It did win best picture. That was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> I did not feel that it was worthy of 
best picture. I think that's uh, it's it's it just it seems like a very tough sell. Um, I think it was a great movie, um, uh, and I actually did like the nomination. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just not sure if it's if it quite best picture where tips. Uh, Oscar uh, Oscars. Okay, okay, was it best picture or foreign picture? Best both. picture. It was oh. both. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Just straight best picture. Yeah. Wow. Um, both. But it was, it was, it was, it was the be, it was best picture, best original screenplay, best director, best foreign language uh, film. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Here were, here were the nominees. Ford versus Ferrari, which I did not see. The Irish, fine, film, I which I did not answer. see. I want to. I haven't. Jojo Rabbit, which mm. I did see. We talked we about just, last we week. We just talked about that. Joker, which I... Anna made me go see as I feel a punishment, and I'm not really sure what I did. No, that wasn't a punishment. I, I do regret. Yeah. I don't really seeing remember. I don't know what myself. I did. Not even making you see it, seeing it myself. But <laughs> <laughs> That movie was a slug. I only saw it because Holden wanted to see it. Like, I'll go with you because I also I want to know if if I just... Like, I want to know that my movie radar is still in in working order here because everything about this movie is pinging. This is going to be a steaming pile of garbage. Turns out the radar's working just yep, fine. Just fine. <laughs> just fine. All right, uh, what else? Little Women, which I did not see. Marriage Story, the Netflix movie. I um, did see that. It looked terrible. How it was, was not. Okay. It was good. It was it was exactly what it advertised. It was an uncomfortable picture of a marriage falling apart. Uh, Tony, I don't. I've already lived that. I don't even yeah. need to see that in a movie. <laughs> uh, it was right. a it was a movie in the late late nineties or early two thousands called uh, the Story of Us, and it gave me a very similar vibe to that movie. Oh, was that like Patricia Richardson and I feel like I remember that. Yeah, Bruce Willis and um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michelle I see. Pfeiffer. Okay, no, I don't think I did see yeah, that. Yeah, 99. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And it was, I want to say Julie and I watched it either, well, we got married in 99. So we watched it either right before or right after we got married and it was like this is not a movie that a newly married couple was to watch and it was like <laughs> like the movie was very very good but we also agreed that we don't need to see this movie again <laughs> like it's there's some movies that are very very good you just don't want to live back through that yeah. experience again though uh schindler's list has that feeling like it's such a good movie but it is it is a hard movie to watch. I wouldn't know, Tony. I've never seen it. Uh, all right, so 1917, which I did see. Okay. Uh, did either of you two see it? I no, 1917. No, I have not seen that one yet. Yeah. So that, oh, go ahead. So the shtick with 1917 is that it's all one continuous camera shot. Right. The entire movie, which you know, and it's on the front lines in World War One. So it's it's actually pretty awesome, but I have no idea why it's nominated for best picture. Like other than the shtick, like there's not much, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on there, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I did not see. Oh, that's a good movie. Mm. And then Parasite. I can, you know what? Given that grouping, I can see how it got. I, I can see how it won. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I I would be just as likely to give it to Jojo Rabbit or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood based on that grouping of movies. Yeah, I think JoJo's the only. I mean, JoJo's the only one that I've seen on there that would even be a contender. Yeah, I don't even know if I would put JoJo as better than this movie. Like this movie feels more best picturey than JoJo because doing a comedy it, is. Uh, it is because it is more a pure comedy. Yeah. It so it it definitely would have it would have been more in line to get the award. Kind of like if if a really good sci-fi movie. Or a really good mobster movie, like if they're if they're at the equal, like if they're equally as well made films, the mobster movie is going to win every day mm-hmm. uh, for the Oscars, but just because uh, genre films, comedies, and horrors don't tend yep. they don't tend to get the votes. Yeah, which surprised me when I saw this movie was listed as a as a uh, comedy thriller. I would not call it a comedy thriller. It's yep. a uh, a thriller with some comedic elements, but Calling it comedy is just a stretch. Yeah. So given that, all right, I, I'm going to roll back my statement saying I don't understand how it's best picture uh, because given that list of movies it was against that year, yeah, I can see this be, I can see this winning in that crowd. Yep, me too. I don't think any of the actors were nominated for uh, best actor or supporting actor. I don't believe so. They weren't, which is kind of wild to me. There was some good acting in this. Well, but it is more uh, an ensemble. There's, there's not, there's not any real strong leads for this movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's start talking. Uh, let's start talking the twists. Yeah, uh, I, I will say. Th- I, I will just uh, tell people who are, might be watching along. If you haven't seen the movie, there are some twists. If spoilers bother you, you might want to. Yeah. Twists yeah. are good. Like normally I don't care about twists and spoilers. I feel like in a good movie, it's how you get there, it's not where you go. But <laughs> here and maybe that's the thriller aspect. I don't feel like this has a normal mood of a thriller of what I would call yeah. a thriller. But um it is a thriller in the sense that like the twists themselves bring a lot to the pleasure of the movie. Yeah, yeah I, I would say the other thing about this is Yeah. In in most yeah, in most thrillers, I don't I don't look at there as being a twist. There's a turn, and you know the turn is coming because it's a thriller. You know that mm-hmm. the the thing is going to happen mm-hmm. that it's going to going to upset the best laid plan, and so there's a turn that's going to come. Mm-hmm. This this turn had a twist on top of it. Like yeah. it was it wasn't just a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh. So one of the things I appreciate about this director is uh, he doesn't spend a lot of time on exposition. Like he doesn't fuck around with like slow expository scenes. He's always doing something. And then the exposition is always also a side effect. Like we saw that a lot in the host. Like you see a lot of shit in the background telling you stuff that's going on that he's not focusing on. And it's like, you're getting a lot of information dumped on you. Mm-hmm. at the same time so one of the things I appreciated about this story that I thought was 
super goddamn elegant was in the second twist. <laughs> the second twist is set up in the formula to get us to the homeostasis. So you don't even think about the setup, which is yeah. pretty goddamn elegant. Okay. Because after that woman left, yeah. I fucking forgot she existed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when she showed up on the porch, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, had I forgot so... this person was a thing. I still don't understand the whole, her whole story. There's, I feel like there's like 20 minutes of some story I need to see about what happened to that woman before she showed up. Yeah, because she literally she showed the shit beat out of her. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this might be a piece where I need to see it again and do some reading. And I think there's some cultural stuff going on there because when they were in the basement, there is something going on with that speech she makes that gives me the sense that she might be a North Korean refugee and, or that there's some like history with her that if I were Korean or knew more about that, that it would be obvious. Like I could read this thing on her. Mm-hmm. Um, of a background and with her husband and because there were some like little moments with her husband that were odd and I was sort of flipping actually at the time I was flipping through Wikipedia reading about like demographics and ethnic groups and minorities in Korea, South Korea um, th- there's something happening there that I think that if we were Korean or knew things about South Korea that like it would be clear what the situation was um, with her and her husband and um, why he had to be hidden in a bunker. Um, oh, I thought they explained that. I thought it was just that he was in massive debt and he took out a whole bunch of debt from like loan sharks and they were out to beat the shit out of him because he wasn't paying it. Yeah, but... <laughs> that also could have been a... like. It's hard to unpack the layers of grifters in this goddamn movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, maybe that was the best. I mean, it felt like... Um... There have got to be, and maybe there just aren't, but it seems to me there have got to be better options in, like, one of the biggest cities in the world to hide from someone other than, like, never seeing the light of day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not that he never sees the light of day. He was able to go, like, he did go out. It's just that after she got fired, something got jammed under the door, so he couldn't make it out. When did he ever go out? Well, he scared the kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, but that was like sneaking occasionally at night. I mean, well, I, I mean, if the if the mom leaves with the kids, then he can get out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe he was he got out more than, um, yeah, maybe so. Um, and I feel like something was going on there that, and maybe if I saw it again, it would be obvious. But I mean, oh fuck, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, right. Um. I just kind of took whatever that was at face value. Yeah, maybe you're right. No, maybe you're right. Um, Maybe I was just too many layers deep in grifts at that point, and then I was like... I gotta hold on to something. (laughs) (laughs) Something in this fucking movie has to be real. Yeah. So what did you think about the fact that they let her in? Was that supposed to be a sign that, like, because we have moments where they do kind of think about the people that they threw out of their positions, and there are moments where you can tell they feel a little bit sorry. So is this Mm -hmm. to show us that the mom is actually a good person, or, you know, at least that they have moments of tenderheartedness? Because honestly, I wouldn't have let her in. I wouldn't have let her in either. 
that looked like away. trouble from because I thought she was gonna have a knife, honestly, when she came in. I thought she was gonna um but yeah, that just looked like trouble from a mile away. Mm-hmm. She ganked a gun from somebody, that's why her face looked like that. Yeah. It didn't look like she'd get the shit beat out of her. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah, I wouldn't have let her in either. Um and mostly I wouldn't have let her in because you know, my whole family was there. You already trashed the house. Yeah, yeah. 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 That whole scene where they're making a mess, I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, that was just trouble. Stop making making a mess. (laughs) Just don't make a mess. If you don't make a mess, you don't have to clean up the mess. Yep. I mean, that was, like, also what I enjoyed about the kind of thriller, non-conventional thriller piece, because that's how he was building suspense. Mm. Yeah, Uh, because you, you knew... It was raining. They were coming back from the camping trip. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then that woman knocks on the door. And they're getting and drunker like, and things yeah. are getting messier and you know it can't last. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was going to happen was that they were going to like, as they were drunk, plan to kill the family <laughs> and take their place. And then the fa- and then the family was going to come home a little too soon and it was going to have to be bloodier than planned. But, um, or that- just realistically, if they had the deed... They could they could have swapped pictures out in the house. Exactly. As soon as those people rolled up, called the police, and it was like, "What are you talking about? This is our house. Here's the deed. Here's our pictures." I yeah, mean, the problem no, is that, that kind of lasted. Yeah, the dude was too well known as the CEO yeah. of the company. Like, and they have friends. That's that was where I expected it to go, and it okay. didn't. Like that was. Yeah. yeah. I was I was looking for the turn. Okay. I thought the family was going to die and there was going to be a problem with the dude killing the girl. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, okay, so... Okay. <laughs> they let her in. Yeah. Then they do the whole basement situation. Then the parent, Then the real family comes back in. Like, A-plus to the Olympic kick that she kicks that chick down the fucking stairs. <laughs> I thought for sure that chick was dead at that point too, but no, oh. that, story gets, that story gets worse. Yeah, she stumbles downstairs and her husband watches her die of a concussion. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I thought for sure when her head hit the back of that concrete wall, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah no, I could feel it. Head. Yeah, both mm. both Julia and I were like, oh, <laughs> she's dead. That that's yep. that. There's one problem solved. Turns out it wasn't. Turns out it wasn't. Then, like, at the point where she knocks on the door, the rest of the movie just becomes so uncomfortable. Mm. Just like, there was just no possible way to get comfortable in any space you were in. They, The woman's there, then they have the whole situation with the people downstairs, then the family comes home, then the kid wants to sleep outside in the tent, then everyone's hiding under that table. And then when they finally like crawl their way across the floor, out like the, the parents have sex on the couch. When they finally crawl their way across the floor, their apartment has flooded. Then they're stuck in the gym all night. Then they throw that ridiculous party. So they're all like exhausted and like have to perform all these functions. But they still haven't gotten away. Like they've still got to deal with that family. Like it's just at no point for the rest of the movie does anything ever get comfortable again. And the rest of the movie is like another hour and like another hour of the movie. 
Yeah. It's just a full half of the movie. You're uncomfortable, like deeply uncomfortable. I wondered why they went back. Like so many of their problems, like if they just decided they, yeah, I've got other things to do on my day off and you were supposed to be out of town. So sorry, I can't make it. Like they were getting paid a shitload of money. Like they were getting double time. They were. (laughs) And I think that's part of also like where he's illustrating the uncomfortableness of those kinds of relationships is that you have to pretend to be friends, but you're being paid to be friends. And it's a very escorty. It is. Uh, it it also it establishes that they can't they can't let the the mark get too far away. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have to stay on the mark, uh, otherwise there's a chance that the story could could fall apart. Absolutely. Uh, I know that's I I used to work for for Bank of America a bunch of years ago, and one of the policies we had was that uh, once a year you had to take a one week long vacation, like you got. You have vacation time, but once a year, everyone was required to take a one-week vacation. Yep. And the idea being that if you can't be gone for a week, you might be doing something that you shouldn't be doing. And you, because because a human a human in a role all year long can keep hiding things. Mm-hmm. Sure. But once you're gone for a week or two weeks, it gets a whole lot harder harder to cover up stuff that you've been doing wrong. So you have to keep the person close. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing with like an abuser mentality that you don't let the person out of your sight um, for fear that they're going to step away from you, mm-hmm. for fear that you can't keep abusing them and controlling them. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it, it is. It's a very similar in that regard. Yeah, yeah I didn't think that. The, the abuse and control is just more yeah. of a financial aspect of it instead of the physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And also, their house had just been destroyed. Well, there's that also. I didn't really have anywhere else to go. Uh, I can I can keep living in this gym, or a really nice rich person party and get fed. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. <laughs> wow. But you're right; it does stay just so uncomfortable, uncomfortable for the mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. At that point, it is actually kind of a relief when the guy breaks out and starts killing people, like. That's the tension. Like it's just like, oh, okay. So now we're back into something I just expected to happen from mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like here's where we're gonna get some resolution. There's this is the 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 release. Mm-hmm. I do the, like the, the, the poor mom just fucking skewers that guy. Yeah. Like she's a hearty Olympic hammer throwing woman. She oh, yeah. Taking, she's, she was taking no shit from that guy. She's a beast. <laughs> she was taking no shit. <laughs> yeah. And then dad uh, murders Mr. Park. It was a weird, like it felt like a natural resolution to the poor mom being like, well, you never do anything. Mm-hmm. But also a weird resolution to it. Like, just like, oh, okay, well, okay, like your daughter's dying here, but like maybe killing this, maybe murdering this dude isn't the... <laughs> isn't the way to actualize right now. <laughs> like maybe, well, maybe we pour that kind of energy into this other thing. And see, and that's not what I, what I took it to be a resolution of um, in my, cause Julie and I were, were talking about this in the moment. And she said, why did he just kill that guy? And I said, well, his son collapses and there are people getting stabbed all over the place. And he's, his only concern is 
we need to get my son out of here because he collapsed. He needs the emergency room. Not the people who are stabbed, who are bleeding out. Ah, uh, okay. But but mom did tell us earlier in the movie that if they didn't get collapsed son to the hospital in 15 minutes, he would die. You're right. I, that doesn't sound like a real thing to me. It because, doesn't. like, he had just been in shock from seeing the dude uh -huh. in the basement. Like, that's, like, we, we know now he was just, like, in shock and had, I don't know, whatever... She says seizure, but it looks like he just fainted to me in, in the scene. So, like, we know that that may or may not be true, but they believe it to be true. But also, there is no move. There is no 911 move. There's no anything for the other people. It's, it really is clear that that girl doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Oh, she definitely doesn't like, matter. at yeah. all. Like, she's yeah, not part of the group of priorities. And, um... And honestly, yeah. And that's and that's the point that I yeah. that I made when, yeah. when Julie and I were talking about it at least that um he's you know, his his daughter's dying now. Granted, that guy doesn't know that it's his daughter, but this this girl over here is literally dying. She's mm -hmm. bleeding out from a wound to the chest. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me I have to just get the keys for your kid. Like we have a lot of people here who are in bad shape. Well, but were there a lot of people in bad shape? I think it was just there was those. just the, there was the dude who ha who initially had the the knife who got yeah. stabbed, and then there was and I'm forgetting the girl's name. I feel bad now. There was her who was like bleeding out, but they were the Jessica. only one. But yes, yeah, we know her English name, Jessica. And so, like that, everyone else. I mean, that's the gross thing about them and their friends is that everybody just scattered. Somebody else got slashed too. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think somebody else got flashed, but they didn't make such a big "this person is dying" deal. Yeah, it. there were yeah. a lot of people there, and they didn't try to like get the guy. They didn't try to do anything. They just pulled away from the for themselves. Yep, including and, casual party opera singer. Yeah, and I mean, and this guy was already down. They were still pulling away when the man who was dangerous was down, and the danger was completely gone. And nobody pulls out a cell phone to call nine one one. For this girl, yeah, she doesn't. I mean, she's, got, she's got less than fifteen minutes. Yeah, she's got less than fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, and they, and and that was the that was the point that I that I figured Dad was on was that you know yeah. this, this other person doesn't matter, so you don't matter anymore. Yeah, just, yeah, and that, uh, it was wrong, but it was the resolution we were heading toward with mm -hmm. with uh, the poor dad's character. Mm -hmm. There will be blood. Turns out. Turns out. The the whole story about the kid seeing the ghost, uh, I really liked it, and it it just made me laugh. Like, like yeah, when you see him, yeah, when like he just sticks his head up the stairs. <laughs> yep. Well, and you, like everything that's happened to that point, you're like, you know exactly what happened. Like, I I don't need to be walked through it, but thank you for walking me through it. Yep. <laughs> Because it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> At the end of the movie, I didn't feel satisfied with the movie, even though I know it was a good movie. Him being in the basement, which is like the first half of the ending, mm -hmm. was okay. And then like the weird Morse code letter situation, that was a bit much. Um and then the second half of the ending, which is the fantasy sequence, was incredibly unsatisfying. 
but like I, I realize that's the point. Like that's the point of dipping back to him reading the letter at the end. Like, oh, just so we're all clear, this does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think that what I just showed you could possibly happen. It is not happening. <laughs> well, that's what that's what Julie said. Like we're watching that fantasy sequence, and she's like, "This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> There's nothing about this that makes sense." I said, "I think we need to keep watching." Yeah. I think we need to keep watching and see what happens because, like, I don't, I don't know, but I don't. And then, oh, turns out it was yeah, um, well, just yeah, a fantasy. yeah. Oh yeah, this that is was just the plan. This is just the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did he even get the letter to his dad? He didn't. Yep. <laughs> he didn't. Yep. That's the point. Oh, none of this happens. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. Which really does feel like the whole point of the movie anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of was the whole point of the movie. Um, poor people don't matter to rich people. And plans suck when you're a poor person. Yep. That class mobility... That fantasy. Yep. This was a really good movie. I agree. I'm glad. I like, this, I like this director. Like he's got a lot of good stuff going on, but he's also got like a lot of weird, weird shit that he does too. Like uh, I don't know, some of the comedy beats are weird, and he he does love the poor dad. He loves that guy. Well, yeah. now that I've watched three movies with poor dad, I also four movies with poor dad i also kind of love poor dad too yeah song uh song kang ho i should watch the uh the host he's he's in rare form in the host he is ratcheted up to another level (laughs) i will probably watch it yeah he's a stoner dad it is it's stoner surfer dad it is pretty (laughs) goddamn special so uh, I'm looking at some of the trivia for this movie. Uh, one of the things I saw in the preview, I'm, I'm looking back for it now just because it uh, it amused me. I can't find it back because there is a ton of trivia about this movie, which I, I suppose makes sense considering uh, a, a number of the things I'm seeing are surrounding the fact that it's that it, 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 it's so many firsts. Uh, as far as Korean language film to win the Palme d'Or, um, like the fact that it won the first foreign language film, uh, non-English language film to win the Oscars, yep. to win the best picture of the Oscars. So, like, there's there's a lot of trivia about that, but this one amused me. Uh, the song over the end credits is called "A Glass of Soju" and features lyrics written by Bong Joon Ho. Uh, he he has since stated, please try this song in karaoke so I can earn some money from it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so a lot of the trivia on this is like got a lot of there's a lot of cultural components to it, too, like which I appreciate, uh, like telling me things like Ramdo is not an actual thing. Right. uh, But also. Anna looked it up after we watched this, and she's like, "If you type in Ramto, it's just a nothing but nothing but a list of recipes for how to make it, because <laughs> it does look goddamn good." Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I was really hungry after I saw that. Uh, the Ramdon dish is popular in South Korea, but Bong Joon-ho added the sirloin into it for the film's wealthy characters. Quote, I never tried it. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the way he riched it up, by adding the sirloin wow. to it. Yeah, I wondered, because it was like, this is pounds of beef, and it wound up being like a serving yeah. for the child. You know, because mm. the daughter was like, well, why didn't you have any for me? And it was like, well, there was like she put three pounds of beef in there. And mom pan- pounded that shit down. Yeah. She was not fucking around. Listen, listen. Nope. She was camping. It started raining. It was a very stressful time. Like I, Oh yeah, I don't blame her one bit. Yeah, you're out there in the cold and the wet. You drive home with these fucking kids in the car. You finally get there. You just want some warm noodles. There are warm noodles, and then you just, you know. Yep. Pound them down. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing with you there. Warm noodles on a cold day. Mm, fuck, what time? It's 11 o'clock. Ugh, that's too late for noodles. It says you. Mm, says my heartburn. Oh, well, I, I don't have that particular problem. I have enough of them, but not that one. <laughs> I just feel like a dragon. Like I can breathe fire. If only. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling with anything to add to it. The The twists were, the twists and turns were, were there. Uh, and they were surprising, though, when you piece together the stuff that was there before, it's, they didn't, they didn't project the twist, but there were some weird little points of exposition that you can look back on after you learn about the guy in the basement and you're like, Oh yeah, that they established some of that before. Oh, she, it's enough for two people. Oh, turns out she's not eating that much. Oh and, yeah. The guy who lived here before was a weird architect. He made a lot of weird changes to the house. I almost expected the guy in the basement to be the architect. You know, so did I. And then, like, he also looked weird, too. Because, like, yeah. the pictures, the older pictures of the architect, he had, like, a weird, really distinct look about him. And then the guy in the basement also had a, like, similar striking look. And the shit with the lights was weird. Like, his devotion to Mr. Park. Like, <laughs> those lights. Like, that's, well, that's just a weird thing that that guy put in the movie. That was hilarious. It I left my ass off when he started doing that. I was like, holy shit, he is the censor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those like, little details, yeah. But but who would fucking wire the lights that way? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing that fucked me up. I'm like, who in their right mind would wire the lights this way? That doesn't make any sense. It's hilarious for this scene. Yeah. But it doesn't make it a whole lot of sense. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. sense when you, yeah. Yeah. Unless he did it when he was bored overnight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else about this movie. Good flick. Definitely worth watching. Um, if if you're not the kind of person who can get past uh, subtitled movies, this one's probably not for you because there really isn't an option. Yep. Um, from what I could tell... The options I saw on Hulu, there were no uh, other alternate language dubs available on Hulu. And the only other subtitling option was in Spanish. 
Oh, could have watched it subtitled in Spanish. Yeah. That's a joke. My Spanish probably isn't that good. Uh, you might be able to read this, but sure. uh, that was the one thing I used to enjoy doing uh, after I had taken a couple of years of high school German was uh, when my dad would watch his, his uh, Sunday afternoon uh, World War II movies. Like, oh, I can... I, I can I can understand that that really bad broken German they're speaking. I speak it just as badly, but I know that's not exactly how you say that thing they just said. Uh, that and my I did uh, through my German classes. I gained my appreciation for the German language uh, version of Silent Night. I find it very soothing. I find almost nothing in German soothing. The German Silent Night is it's pretty fantastic. It was the it was the language it was originally written in. Mm. It is it is not as harsh sounding as you would imagine uh, a Christmas Carol in German might be. <laughs> All right, I'm calling it. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. Well, uh, Anna, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was yeah, absolutely. Glad to, yeah. Yeah, I understand that uh, you've got a an alternate commitment on Wednesday evening. Yeah, here, so that's a that's a bummer. Sounds like it's something fun though. So it's fun, it. and yeah, we have um, every every week is a year, and I think we've got I think we've got seven more years. But oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. Well, uh, we're coming up very quickly on Backseat Research 500. Yeah, very quickly. Very eh. quickly. Not really. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We got, got a couple weeks. Something special. Uh, you know, if it was if if we weren't in the COVID times, uh, I had actually planned on renting out a uh, movie theater. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it would have probably needed to take place like during the week, during the day. But yeah, I plan on running out a movie theater to to just watch something all together, then mm. come back and talk about it. Ah, now would be the time too. It would be. Uh, I up until uh, well, up until the latest round of shutdowns, I know uh, AMC and Marcus theaters were running programs where you could rent out the theater for a day. Like you could, they schedule you, schedule you out like a week or two in advance. And for like, and it really wasn't that expensive. I mean, it was like two or $300. Yeah. Um, I'm sure in Missouri, we're still doing it, Tony. Probably. We don't have COVID here. <laughs> but, but yeah, you could, and, and it was like, some of the movies were new, like, they were first run movies. Um, and those were the ones that were like pushing 300. The ones that were like, I want to say they were somewhere between like a hundred and $150. They were older movies, but like, I honestly thought about if, if the timing would have worked out, I would have rented a theater for Aaron's birthday party for her friends. And we could have gotten to see uh, the nightmare before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and like at that, you know, it's like, we're in a theater. You guys can sit wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And if you want to bring, you know, if you're, if you have a parent and some younger siblings and they want to come and go sit over in the corner, that 
that's fine. Mm-hmm. We can all spread out. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. Especially since we have the theater to ourselves, and it's not like the the unwashed masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it's Nightmare Before Christmas, so it's not like you have to worry about talking during the movie because it's a movie you've seen a billion times already. Like everybody's mm-hmm. already seen the movie a billion times anyway. So, well, yeah, that was the idea is to to run out a movie that mm-hmm. would just be something we all knew anyway. Yeah, for the experience, not necessarily yeah. Uh, yeah. for the viewing pleasure. Well, because those kids never got to see it in a theater. Yeah. Tony, come on, stop. <laughs> on Anna's 40th birthday, you pull that kind of bullshit? Yeah, I'm trying to, I didn't realize. Let me go look. I... 89. Oh, I'm sorry, 93. Whoa. 93. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm about to say 89 doesn't sound right. No, it was 93 because it took about three years for it to get made after Batman. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Wow. My brother saw the movie and he was not alive for it. Yeah. I I saw it in theaters. I I took myself to see it in the theaters. Oh, my God. Wow. Mm. Yeah. When I was uh, in college, it was after I had come back from U of I. So I was already, uh, I'd already got my associates and uh, had had killed a year at U of I unproductively, except for racking up some debt. Uh, <laughs> That's a lesson all its own. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I remember, I remember seeing it because I was also, I'm, I'm a comic book collector and was still collecting pretty regularly back then. And I remember, I vividly remember the ads in the comic books for it. Oh, wow. Meet the mayor, meet Sally, meet, you know, like they'd have these full page ads that were, you were, they were introducing the characters. It's wild to think about marketing materials for shit like that anymore. Like, I just don't engage with marketing materials on that level for media anymore. Uh-huh. It's so different now. Yeah. Like, if I see a picture of a movie, it's like, okay, that's the entire engagement I want with the movie before the movie comes out. Like, what's the release date? Okay. Well, people get excited about trailers. The last trailer I got excited about (laughs) was the Dark Tower trailer. And if you remember, you told me I had to stop talking about the movie on the way home because I was driving unsafely. (laughs) Do you need to pull over and talk about the movie? (laughs) That sounds like the long drive I had talking to myself after uh, seeing X-Men Last Stand (laughs) at Ronnie's in South County and then having to drive home from the midnight movie by myself after seeing that abomination. Oh, it was. uh, But I do love seeing movies on the midnight release. I love that. Oh, I well, do too. Well, just in, I, I don't think I've ever done it, but I like seeing them at midnight. It was fun. Yeah, those are that was a, it was a it's a fun experience to do that. So I went with a bunch of people, mm. and I remember I stood. It was a, it was my writers group at the time. Mm. So like you you know a few of the people, yep. uh, Jennifer Shu and mm. uh, um, Josh Groom. So we we're all there, and I stood up and I was like, "Wow!" And they all turned around and were like, "Yeah, wow." That was so good. What? Oh. What? <laughs> no. Oh. No, it was not. And then I proceeded to explain to them in great detail what was wrong with what we had just witnessed. 
they could not get away from me any faster because <laughs> I was just ruining their movie experience for them. All right, everybody, this was bad, and you shouldn't enjoy it. This sucked for us all, right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait to see movies at the t- like the midnight movie at the Tivoli. Ugh. I I can't I can't wait to go back and go to a theater. <laughs> I, anytime. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I don't care. I don't care if I'm watching a Howard the Duck retrospective. I just want to go see a movie in a theater with a giant ass bucket of popcorn that I'm going to make myself sick eating. <laughs> and yeah. And drink that 44 ounces of soda that, like, I'm going to be just about to wet myself as the credits are rolling. But I'm going to have to stay to watch them because there might be something after. Might be something after. Can't let them get away from you. Nope. Cannot. Uh, So speaking of which, with uh, the end of The Mandalorian Season 1, did you watch the post-credits scene? Oh, I didn't even know there was a post-credits scene. There's a post-credits scene they only do it at the last episode of the season. So they do it the last episode of season one. They do it the last episode of season two. Okay. I guess I'll have to go back and watch it. Actually, I haven't started season two yet, so that's actually not that big a deal. Yeah, probably. It'll just queue right up for you. Yeah. Also, like I've already gotten spoilers for season two, so it's not like... Yeah. But... If, if you know some of the things about season two, you probably already know what the spoiler is so it's not or the the uh that end credit sequence is so it's not a big deal to you yep well i've already seen the big spoiler from the person the spoiler is about Mm. from their their own twitter feed yeah thanks guy that episode came out on friday it's tuesday yeah i watched it first thing friday morning because i knew I knew that there were going to be spoilers. Like I rolled out of bed and kind of, I didn't even open my phone. I jumped in the shower, went down, queued it up and start watching while I was microwaving my breakfast sandwich. (laughs) I refused to get spoiled on that. Uh, Friday evening, we watched the Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert and it's in that, there was like a half an hour lead up pre-show before I uh, got the thing all set up and we're waiting for the pre-show to start. And I flipped through my Google discovery, you know, news articles. And there is the spoiler, not in words. There's a picture of the spoiler. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Like I, I mean, it, it didn't matter to me because I I'd already seen it, but like there it is Gizmo. I think it was Gizmodo. Like, Right there, there's the spoiler. There's the picture. I turned around and showed it to Holden. He's like, "That's some bullshit." <laughs> yes, yes, nope. it is. Yeah, it was pretty rotten. It's it's tough. It's tough. There's so many dicks on the internet. Yeah, that's why when the last Harry Potter book came out, I had to stay up all night to finish it. Went to yeah. the release party, went home, read straight through the night to finish the book. I'm not going to avoid the internet because people are going to spoil shit for me. And people don't read faster than I do when I got a hair, like when I'm on a tear. Yep. Yeah. For me, it was just easier to watch the the show and avoid the internet for yep. 45 minutes. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I guess I better start season two. Oh. So you can jump right into season three. Oh, wait. 
Listen, I only have Disney Plus for a month. Well, there you go. I'm going to get my money's worth as fast as I can. i got to rewatch the entire MCU while i got all this vacation time. Hey, 23 movies. We'll take it that long. Uh, 22. I already watched Far From Home. Oh, there you go. And I'm just about done with Endgame, so maybe I'll just work backwards. <laughs> that would be an interesting experience. You'll have to report it in on how that works out for you. I'm not watching those other two Thor movies. They're not good. I'll just watch Ragnarok three times. That's fair. Goddamn. I like the first one. I like the first one. The second one wasn't great. And Ragnarok was just like, you know, we're just going to ignore the first two. Listen, Taika knows his business. Yeah. Right? Everything he touches is gold. Yeah. That's how you felt about IG-11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That first, like, 30 seconds, you're like, that voice sounds familiar. Oh, fuck, that's Taika. Then you get your episode 8 IG-11, and you're like, hmm, everything that man touches turns to gold. Well, that's the episode that he directed. Yep. It is. It's good stuff. Yep. All right. Uh, we will talk next week about the movie I.O. Is that a Netflix? Yep. I believe, I believe it's a okay. Netflix original. Oh, good. Very good. Yep. Uh, until then, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's good to see everybody. Yeah, good seeing you. And we'll talk next week. Yep.